the blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast, where the podcast it gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. I'm Adam. And today we are bringing you another album review. This one from the annals of Adam's history. <laughs> yeah. We are going to be talking the 1999 album Human Clay by Creed. Mm-hmm. Now there's a name I've not heard in a long time. But they're a nostalgic band, and particularly for me, so... Uh, we, we had to get to them. If you uh, were anywhere in the late 90s, early, early 2000s, you heard Creed everywhere. Yeah, like two songs from this album in particularly were huge, but even like their next album was pretty big. Like all th- Their first three albums in general were right. strong. They they sold a lot of, of albums. They, absolutely, they did. Uh, they, you couldn't escape them. Uh, they were everywhere. And so uh, I'm interested to hear especially your take on this. I'm going to go ahead and kind of give you my history with the album because it's pretty simple. I had never listened to this whole album. I only knew kind of the radio hits that came out of this. Okay. So Adam, why don't you give us your backstory regarding Human Clay? Sure. So uh, Creed and Human Clay in in general, but uh, Creed is a band that I would have said at one point in my life was my favorite band. Um, kind of probably around like that 19, like right when this album came out. Um, I believe, if I remember correctly, that the song that really kind of made them big, which is higher, which is one, which is on this album, is how I kind of first came to be. You know, you saw it on MTV or VH1, uh, and then I liked it. I got the album. I got Human Clay, and I think I almost immediately got uh, My Own Prison, that album as well. Like, I got those together because I really liked them. Uh, And then I did get weathered when it came out in 2001. But, uh, yeah, this was a band that I was was into. I think we even, my own, my band, my shitty band, I always like to (laughs) preface with shitty band, was uh, we we did a, we even did a cover of, not a song on this album, we did uh, My Own Prison, I think, uh, on the My Own Prison uh, album, which uh, came out before this. But Creed, and it was probably because it was me, because, like, they... And, and I think there was a time when um, My Own Person was my favorite of their albums, but this was the one that was biggest, and I'm pretty sure this was the one that that gave me my first exposure to Creed. Okay. So And, yeah, I, I liked him, man. I, I really did. I definitely remember the song My Own Prison coming out. So I I think I my introduction was probably when that song actually came out. Okay. So I knew of them beforehand. Um, but it was not... I don't know. I just it was not a band I really got into. I just sure. I would listen to the songs on the radio, but I would never quite seek them out. Sure. They're a very divisive band. They were apparently so. The kind of like, you know, Nickelback got that treatment too and much more yeah. big, but it became cool to hate on Creed for a while. But unlike uh, Nickelback, who I think has kind of been validated in recent years, uh, no one's really validated Creed. So that's what you're here to do. <laughs> yes. Adam today is to validate Creed to everyone as to why they are an awesome band. Okay. And that's what I'm going to do it, damn it. We'll <laughs> talk about Human Clay, baby. Uh, all right. So the album was released on September 28, 1999. That was right around the time I had just started college. So mm-hmm. uh, I was uh, just a wide-eyed freshman in college taking in all the 
the wonders of downtown Athens, Georgia. Oh, yeah. man, those were the times. Good days. Uh, it was released on the wind-up label, and it was produced by John Kurzweig, who produced a number of other bands, including Puddle of Mud, which he was also uh, kind of credited for making big, uh, as well as other bands such as Godsmack, Eagle Eye Cherry, okay. did some uh, production for Jewel, uh, and it... <laughs> And it specifically states in here a, a band called Tisha Mingo, who was a Athens Southern rock band, who started around this time, who I have no recollection Tisha of. Tisha Mingo, okay, don't know him. The band itself is Scott Stapp on lead vocals, Mark Tremonti on guitar, Brian Marshall on bass, and Scott Phillips on drums. Um, and it is kind of interesting to note that in around 2004, after the band kind of broke up, uh, uh, Tremonti, Marshall, and Phillips started in another band called Alter Bridge with a completely different singer. Yes. Uh, so apparently there must have been some tension between the three of them and Stapp. I think Stapp one kind of also did it, went off to do some solo stuff as well. Like that, was, okay. I think might have been it. Um, and I believe there was a brief reunion there was uh sometime in the either late 2000s early 2010 something like that yeah 2012 um, or something like that yeah uh but uh has, the band itself has not uh, been back together since then all right adam would yeah. you hit us with some fun facts sure so uh, this album peaked at number one on the billboard 200 album charts uh, it stayed for two weeks at the top of the chart so this was a big one it sold over 11.5 million copies in the U.S. and over 20 million copies worldwide, uh, making it the best-selling album of Creed's career. This album was really where they got huge exposure. Uh, yes, My Own Prison was where they first kind of started getting a couple radio hits, but mm-hmm. but um, once they started coming out with this one, this one really got the, the big stuff. And the, so I'm going to throw it out there. Creed gets labeled as a Christian band, and that's what people kind of thought that they particularly were. Now there are Christian elements. Now their name is mm-hmm. Creed, which is, means, you know, a religion or belief basically. Uh, so we kind of, you can see that. Uh, also Scott Stapp definitely did put a lot of religious overtones and undertones and, uh, you know, different ideas into tones his lyrics. and around tones. Yeah. All the tones, which you can see and you can see it in some of these songs in here. But he also said, we are not a Christian band. A Christian band has an agenda to lead others to believe in their specific religious beliefs. We have no agenda. Uh, so he writes lyrics, you know, would, that would base off of some of his beliefs, but they are not what they considered a Christian band. But I remember that stigma hit them hard. Like right. the stigma of being the Christian band, people hated on it, hated on it. It became <laughs> cool to dislike Creed. And so... Like, not long after their third album, Weathered, came out, they just kind of fell to obscurity. I mean, it was very much like that Nickelback where everyone is easy to hate on them. Um, but, I mean, they were huge. Their first, so their first three albums, uh, in just the U.S. sales, My Own Prison had 7 million copies. This one had over 11 million copies. And then Weathered had over 7 million copies. That's mm-hmm. a lot of, of albums sold. Somebody was buying them for sure. Absolutely. I, I was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's kind of funny because... Billboard ranked Creed as the 18th best artist of that kind of late 90s, early 2000s kind of era. Mm-hmm. But in 2013, readers of Rolling Stone magazine voted Creed the worst band of the 90s. So they were de- <laughs> divisive. And that's bullshit. That is certainly not true. I Yeah. It, that, that's that's looking back and, and with, you know, with hate when I'm sure a lot of those same guys were like, 
praising them. Absolutely. They loved them when they came uh, out. More, you know, or listening and stuff like that. Um, I can say I, I was always indifferent to Creed. Mm-hmm. I never really, I never disliked them, but I never particularly liked them either. So, yeah. So. And will that show up in my <laughs> review portion of this? Eh, we'll find out. We'll find out. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into our songs. Adam, are, are you ready? Mm hmm. Well, let's go ahead and start off with the first song called Are You Ready? Adam, I'm going to start this off by uh, adapting a bit from uh, David Spade. <laughs> yeah, the band was good, but I liked them the first time when they were called Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> that song does sound a lot like Stone it Temple It sounds Pilots. so much like Stone Temple Pilots, but I can tell you I liked it. Mm-hmm. I really, like, this might actually be my favorite song on this entire album. Something about this one, maybe it's because I'm a huge Stone Temple Pilots fan, and it sounds very much like Stone Temple Pilots. I gotta say, first off, about halfway through the song, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm 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 getting twinges of nostalgia here. I'm pretty sure I had heard this before, and I did look that they did release this one as a single. Okay. It was the final single released on this album, so I I must have heard some radio play sure. of this. But yeah, I actually really liked this one. I, I thought it was worked well as an opener, and, and it was a fun song. Yeah, you're right. It does. It works well as an opener. I mean, just based off of the lyrics of "Are you ready?" Like it gets you ready for something. You know, or like coaxing you to be ready for something. I didn't make that connection with the uh, Stone Temple Pilots sound, but absolutely, you're dead on with that. Um, obviously, Scott Stapp doesn't have that voice more. His voice is more akin to a Eddie Vedder uh, voice. Right. There's even I even remember a, a celebrity death match. Remember that show? Uh, they had <laughs> yeah. they had Pearl Jam. They had Eddie Vedder versus Scott Stapp. <laughs> and they were like, that's my voice. No, that's my voice, too. And they would like fighting. It's stupid. It was stupid. But uh, but yeah, I mean, the song, it, it it has that grungy, hard rock 90s feel to it. And I like it. It's a good way to start the album. You know, obviously about are you ready? Some kind of change is going to come. I don't know whatever it is, but I'm ready for it. You know, I thought this was an enjoyable song. And particularly, as you said, a good way to start off an album. Well, let's move on to the next one, which was also used in uh, the uh, on the soundtrack of the film Scream Three, uh, and it was a song "What If." This song is going to kick off a series of me having to say the same thing um, quite a few times. Uh-oh. My first thought was it was too long. Okay. It's over five minutes. I'll uh, allow that. It, it's actually going to happen. Me, I'm going to say that a lot, actually. The shortest song on this entire album is four minutes and 19 seconds. For a rock band, that's pretty long. For, yes. a, for a and, shortest and song. That, and that's not, even, that, that's not even any of their radio hits. Yeah. That's just, you know, another one on here. Um, also, by about halfway through the song, I was already sick of Scott Stepp's voice. Oh, no. 
He's screaming, what if? What if? What if? What if? That I, that part of the song, I enjoyed more than the rest of it. Actually, it was... All right, I'll, I'll kind of say this now. I enjoy his choruses a lot more than I enjoy his verses. Okay. I mean, this and and is... I, don't mean, I don't mean the lyrics. I mean his singing style. I mean, yeah, this one is almost... Like, he's almost yell yelling and not singing you know mm-hmm. i mean again that is almost that is it's 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 almost stone temple Pilots. it is very stone temple Pilotsy. yeah that cadence is very stone temple Pilotsy, very scott wyland but his voice doesn't work as well with that portion i, I agree but i love this song man this was I'm one sure. of my favorites on the album i don't know it, it the song gets a little bit harder this was one of the more this is probably the the heaviest song on the album Mm-hmm. Um, and I always liked that. There's another one on the Weathered album called Bullets that I really, really love. That was one of my more heavier, fun ones that I love too. But yeah, I really like this one. I, I, I gravitated towards like the anger on this song and, and the heaviness mm-hmm. of it. Um, and it was kind of nice to start off slow and then it hit hard. Uh, the song was a single and it hit number three on the mainstream rock charts. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's a, uh, it was good. And it, as you mentioned, appeared on the Scream 3 soundtrack, which I did watch the music video. And it's basically the guys running around like a, a like a um, studio's um, like props department uh-huh. while Ghostface is going around killing the, the Creed members. But then at the end of it, it turns out that they were just joking with these girls because they had some girls that they, they were kind of out there with and whatnot. So alrighty then. But the song itself was good. I, I, I like it and I've always appreciated this song. If I had to quantify it, it would definitely make my top half of the album. Okay, I'll take it. Make you feel I'll better? take it. <laughs> In fact, I, I would say, like, top four. Okay. Alright. But you don't sound excited about that top four. Um. Well, my my excitement uh, was kind of wasted on number one. So. <laughs> okay. I have opinions on other ones later, which we'll we'll get to, um, and yeah, we'll just we'll save it for then. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and move on to the next song, which is called "Beautiful." I myself was fairly indifferent to this song. I'm not far off from you on that one. This one is nothing special. It's fine. I give it a fine song, and and that's about it. You know, it slows down the tempo, which is kind of a nice little change from the heaviness of what if, but it still kind of brings some of that rock energy at one point. Um, but yeah, the song itself is it's okay. It's listenable. It's listenable. Um, I I do appreciate he's he's kind of come down a little bit more with the verse here is his is you know uh we're getting a little bit more cl- cleaner guitar sound so his he's bringing his his um, melodic side out more with that and then you know saving the the big rocking voice for the for the chorus so i appreciate that and kind of a change but i agree it's it's fine yeah it's fine um looking up what the song might be about uh Maybe about how beauty betrays us. You know, maybe you're like you're you're looking for something beautiful, maybe a woman, something like that. But that beauty might just be an empty shell. So I think it, there may be something that Scott Stapp is, you know, maybe he was looking for just attractive ladies and they were all they were nothing. 
Yeah. I uh, I got the feeling a lot of times that some of the lyrics were trying to be deeper. <laughs> and for me, and not just in this song, I mean like almost every song, and sometimes it, it didn't hit the mark. Uh-oh. Like it was like like trying to be too deep to the point of almost being pretentious. Sure, like like high school poetry. <laughs> yeah. You think you're so deep, but you're, you're really yeah. not. You're really not. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next song called Say I. Again, I will say, kind of long. Like most of most of their songs run to the late four minutes, early five minutes length. And in some cases, to me, it seems like it's a little too much. Like they could have cut some of it out. But say I would be in my upper half. Okay, I actually kind of like this one. I, I like the guitar lick at the beginning. Um, I actually kind of really like what Mark Tremonte is doing most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes he gets a little bit derivative of himself, where okay. I, I start to hear patterns that I've heard before, but the patterns work fine. Yeah, it's funny. I, I listened to a little bit of Alter Bridge after I listened to this stuff, and I was like, oh, that sounds exactly like a Creed song, just with a different singer. <laughs> yeah. So he's definitely got you know a, a thing that he likes, mm-hmm. um, because in pretty much in every case, all of the music apart not the the lyrics uh were written by Tremonte so he mm-hmm. did most of that the heavy lifting on that part um but you know you can start to see a pattern but i you know there's not he's not doing anything bad yeah. he's just kind of i'm just starting to notice the sort of similar things over and over again yep yeah i can i can understand what you're talking about but yeah i liked i like the song yeah i think it's a solid solid song like solid Filler song, good song. Um, yes, I can I can already see what you mean about there's a lot of similarities that you're going to get, and you're going to get a lot of similarities, I think, with this album um, and just the way they do their songs. Uh, this song itself has a lot of... He- does have heavy Christian themes onto it. Like, here's a couple lines. Like, uh, we are incomplete and hollow, for our maker has gone away. Like, apparently, you know, obviously kind of saying something about, like, oh, you know, feeling incomplete without God in your life uh, is kind of what I think is some of the discussion on here goes and like and i think the say i is like he's telling people like say you you're one of those people he'd be talking to me atheist adam he'd be talking, <laughs> talking to me but i'm gonna defend creed damn it um because i still liked the song sure yeah like i said it was definitely an upper half song yeah for me like i i would go back to listen to that song okay all right let's move on to the next one which is called wrong way So for me, something about this song hit me the wrong way. <laughs> I did not I did not like listening to it for some reason. Even though I'm already like reminded of basically what it sounded like. The opening riff, I'm like, hasn't he played that once before? Just with slightly <laughs> it was just like with slightly different effects on the guitar. Um 
But yeah, I don't know. I, I really didn't like this one. And, I, and I'm fairly similar. It's not a favorite on the album. I think it's listenable. You know, it, it's not necessarily did I need to skip it, but it is not one that I I connected with or enjoyed with as much as uh, the other songs. So, I mean, yeah, it kind of does. It does follow the same patterns. Like we're getting a lot of the same, like start off with like a simple little just a guitar riff and then some singing or maybe like they hit hard. You're going to get like a rock drop basically at some point mm-hmm. in one of these songs. Right. And it's just it, it, they're feeling redundant. And this one is not one of their better songs in that version. So I could have done with, uh, you know, maybe a little acoustic something yeah. somewhere. Yeah, well, we get that the... coming up in the next song. There's sure. some acoustic. Uh, all right. Well, then let's talk about it on the next song called Faceless Man. Lord God, I stand against the faceless man. So, yes, we technically get an acoustic guitar, but it's still, it, we're still getting a lot of the same kind of clean guitar, heavy riff stuff. It's not acoustic I, enough for you, John? How, no. How much acoustic is too acoustic or not enough? Acoustic? Well, I would, something a little bit, honestly, just something a little bit lighter. I mean, uh-huh. even even Nirvana would throw in a couple of acoustic songs sure. in there. This song was way too long for me. Yeah, um, almost six minutes. Almost six minutes. I kind of just zoned out about halfway through. See, all right. I like this song, and I think I'm, actually sure. with the with the flow of the album, it gived me enough of that slow down bit that yeah, I guess you weren't you for you it wasn't enough of a change, um, but for me I guess I got enough of that change to where all right I'm getting some acoustic I'm getting a little bit of that slower tempo a little change you know to the to the pace of this one, um, you know it definitely again another christian overtones of this one you look into it and there even some of the verbiage kind of comes from the bible from what i look into mm-hmm. um but overall i liked the song and i felt it had a nice progression of softer to harder which yes they did that exact same thing in the one before and even like the one before and probably the one before that um <laughs> <laughs> the same, you know you're getting the same sentence structure you know the same song sure. structure in every one of these sure um but i do think this one has good emotion it's got good power to it uh, you know, that softer to harder feel was enough of a change. Um, and with that acoustic guitar sound, it came in enough. I, I see what you mean by there's not enough variation, but I still enjoyed this one. I'll, I'll let I'll let you have it. Thanks, I mean, this sir. is this is your it's, your album. So. And I I have a lot of sprinkling of nostalgia dust all over every one of these. Of course. All right. Well, let's move on to the next one, which is called Never Die. When you've betrayed itself to age So left our children play Inside your heart always And if you will defy So you will never die So what I do really like about this song is we get kind of a change in a little bit of a change in tone. We're getting a, as weird as this is, we're getting a change in scale. 
we're diving into more of an a an Eastern uh, sort of scale structure for the song. We're getting kind of that almost like Middle Eastern mm-hmm. sound in the guitar, but it helps to give me something new. And so this was a welcome this was a welcome change okay. when I got to this one. I wouldn't say that this is the best song, but in the context of where it fell in the album, I found myself enjoying it a little bit more because it was completely not completely, but a good bit different in in tone and structure from everything else that okay. came on the album. So I I found myself I will say reluctantly enjoying it. <laughs> okay. Uh and I'm a little bit different in that this is like a skip song for me. I whatever it was about Never Die, maybe because it was had some other different elements that I just kind of find it a little bit boring. Um, I could sit through it. Yeah, of course I can sit through it. But the song doesn't do much for me. Okay. Um, definitely about youth and trying to, st- you know, if you stay young and have like a young youthful mindset, you will, you'll never die. That kind of thing. Even though your body ages, you know, you're, you'll stay young forever at heart. That's kind of what it has. But, um, but yeah, yeah, there's, it just got a little too slow. And I, I do see what you mean with some of these songs coming in at another one that's almost five minutes long here. And it's just like the, they, they, you can cut off a minute from each of these songs and they'd be at least as good as they already are. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to the next one, which is probably, honestly, their biggest hit ever. Yep. Um, and Which is funny to me that it's buried so far into the album, uh, which may mean that maybe they didn't have the faith that it was going to be the big hit. Mm-hmm. So you never know. And that is With Arms Wide Open. I will say, I think it's a fairly well-crafted song. Um, it's got a very positive message, very hopeful message, a very heartfelt message. Mm-hmm. But goddamn, if this song wasn't played fucking everywhere, <laughs> and I came to hate this song, yeah. not because the song itself sucked, but because it was it would they would not stop playing it anywhere. It was fucking everywhere. <laughs> it was yeah, in like the year two thousand, this song all over the place. Because uh, it hit it hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. I mean, this is their definite their only this is their their only song to hit number one. Um, it won the Grammy for best rock song. Like it was all over the place. Yeah. So, um, and apparently the uh, the lyrics actually Scott Stapp said he began writing the lyrics when he found out that he was going to be uh, a father. Uh, his yeah. then wife Hillary Burns was pregnant with his first child that they named Jagger uh, down the line. Obviously, I think a lot, of, a lot of other people, you know, yes, there's a hopeful, positive message to it. But also, you know, I, I, you can't help but think of Christian image, imagery, you know, with arms wide open, you right. know, almost like crucifix style. But like, but open to God, if you, if you will. You know, that's what it seems to. But the song, you know, definitely it was more about him becoming a father. And that's you, you see the lyrics and that's exactly what it's about. I think the song is fine. I don't. I, this is not one that I've loved. This has never been one of my right. favorite Creed songs, and I'm kind of surprised that it became such a big hit. When I think of some of the other hard rocking Creed songs, that I'm like, damn, I like these other ones better. This is not one that I tend to go to. 
Uh, and so it's not it's not one that I thought was all that special. And it's probably middle of the pack for me for this album. Like sure. I, I think other songs are just more enjoyable with this one. So um, I did watch the music video, uh, which is kind of Scott Stapp in like a field, a very like saturated green field where it's almost like hellfire, you know, or coming right. is coming down. And then he eventually gets to a cave where then he walks through and kind of almost gets baptized in the water in the cave. That's very and then, Christian imagery you're describing, even without having remembered the, uh, the yes, video. <laughs> it's, it's wild. And then he gets to the mountaintops and he's just got his arms wide open at the top of the mountaintop, right. almost looking exactly like the Jesus in Brazil. Right. Uh, and it's just, it's very Christian imagery. Um, but the song itself, I think, is is a mediocre song. It does. It, it feels actually a bit repetitive itself. The uh, song, yeah. Well, also like again, four and a half minutes. It's pretty long yeah. for a radio hit. So yeah, I had a friend in college who used to sing it as uh, "Spread your legs wide open" and would <laughs> add his own imagery. Yeah, I can get that. I can get behind <laughs> that one. I can get in front of that one. How about that? Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to the next one, which was also a pretty big radio hit for 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 them, but I objectively. Uh, Feel like it's a better song than the previous one, and then it's higher. So, to me, this one has kind of a lot of the classic grunge elements. I would say, I think this is a pretty good song. I would also say it is too fucking long. <laughs> it's five minutes and 16 seconds, and there's a way too much repetition that happens in it. Is Stairway too long, John? Is Freebird too long? Higher is right there with those songs. I, I Really? That, that, those are the two examples you're, you're going to go with? I mean, I really like this song. It's a I will I I will say I'd say it's probably my second favorite song on this album okay. behind Are You Ready. I think it is a good song. My beef with it is that I just think it is too long. I think if you cut it down to three minutes, it is a better okay a better song because it at some point you're like okay uh, I we can't get much higher. You've been asking for it for three minutes now. Let's just <laughs> let's let's find the peak here. So this was their breakthrough song. It hit number seven on the Billboard Hot 100. So this was a bona fide big hit for them. Um, and I think it is right. It's the better song. It's more enjoyable. I like the rock elements of this one way mm-hmm. better than with Arms Wide Open. Um, and I, I, I got tons of nostalgia for the song. Sure. Yes. Did even just like three months ago, did I drunkenly sing this at karaoke with a bunch of other millennials <laughs> during a buddy's, uh, you know, wedding um not reception, but but like a, a like the kind of the bachelor party, if you will. Sure. A lot of us dudes kind of went out, and actually the, all the parties. Did. And yeah, hire was a perfect song for that. You know, I was gonna say, just, did they know it? Oh, of course, yeah, because okay. they're all around my age. Sure, uh, they're a little bit younger, but like Creed was huge, and you know they're all they're all kind of fans of this this genre. Um, so yeah, it's just it's totally fun. Uh, apparently, and a lot of people think that this is very much you know, can you take me higher? They think it's a it's either about Christ ascension, if you will, if you will, that 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 uh, whole thing. And just can you take me higher to God or it's about drugs? 
It's about See, <laughs> that the, kind of thing. The, the drugs thing, that's way too superficial. That's yeah. That's way too... Just because you use the term higher does not necessarily mm-hmm. mean that. I yeah. mean, it, you know, what do you think it means? Well, I, I, I go off of what uh, Scott Stapp said it means in a 2000 episode, or edition of Spin Magazine, where he explained it's not about either of those, but it's about the power of lucid dreaming. Uh, and I quote, You're physically asleep, but you're awake in your mind. Uh, he read a book about Hindu monks who have perfected the technique and thought it might help uh, him squelch or, or like l- get rid of a nightmare that he was having. Um, so he got learned about lucid dreaming and he was able to use it. And he wrote that this higher experience uh, was based on his learning how to lucid dream. Okay. If I was able to lucid dream, I would do the weirdest shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> I would do some weird, wacky shit in my dreams if I could control them. Sure. So, but yeah, song was huge. The music video was huge as well. This, I think yeah. this music video was bigger than the other one because it's just a better music video. They're playing out in a crowd, but it has some interesting uses of shots, slow motion, and even like some pause scenes where it's almost like almost matrixy where they just kind of stop and then the, the camera continues to rotate. Um, and then at the end of the song, they're, the whole band's kind of floating by the end, uh, you know, so I like it. I This is always going to be a nostalgic. This is not my favorite Creed song of all time, but it's going to be in my like top 10 Creed songs if I had to pick. Sure. And that's where I would stop the album typically. I totally understand that, but we must press on for another 11 minutes worth of music yes. in two songs. All right, let's go to the next song, number 10, which is called Wash Away Those Years. Well, I guess she holds her eyes And just imagine everything's alright Well, she could not hide her I mean, I could see liking the song if you were high. Yeah, sure. I, 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 again, it, at this at this point, I've heard the song before. Mm-hmm. I've heard I've heard the licks. I've heard the melodic structure. I've heard all that stuff before, and it just became redundant. Yeah, as a song itself, it's not great. There is a somber feeling to it, and I like it better when like the harder stuff comes in, but. In general, it's just not really a go-to. It's not one that I love. Uh, look it up into the lyrics. It is apparently, or can, I guess, from what I've read, is about uh, a fr- inspired by a friend of Scott Stapp's who was raped. And, or, you know, so there's elements of rape and domestic violence. Ah. And you have to wash away those years, you know, with your with your tears and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, even with that depth, uh, you know, maybe Scott Stapp trying to write a deep song uh, ended up just kind of giving us a meh song because of it all right and that brings us to the final song of the album inside us all
I think by this point, I was so step saturated that I, I just couldn't take it anymore. I don't even think I actually finished the song. I think I got halfway through and I'm like, I get it. I'm done. It sounds so similar to like even just the song before and right. other stuff. It's it's boring. This it's a not and it's not going out on a good streak at least on these two songs. Yeah. Right. There's religious imagery with this one for sure and other connotations with the religious connotations to it, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately it just kind of you know, they, they had me at my highest peak with higher, and then they unfortunately just kind of, they washed it away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's kind of do our kind of final thoughts. I will definitely start. Uh, yeah. there were, To me, there were a few songs in here that I was able to grasp onto. Uh, higher, I already knew. I liked I, our arms wide open, I knew. I did not like, just because I was sick of it at that point. <laughs> Are You Ready was a fun trip back, because I definitely remembered the song after. It took me a little bit to get there, but once I got there, I'm like, oh, yeah, I definitely heard this one, and I actually really liked it. And this is probably that song I will go back to listen to. Um, I think the other one I said I kind of liked was Say I. Was that it? Yeah. Say I. Yeah. That one I that one I could see myself going back to mm-hmm. along with Higher and Are You Ready. Other than that, I sorry, I have no interest in going back to re-listen to this album. <laughs> All right. So yeah. I listened to this album quite a bit. Um like I said, all first to three of the Creed's albums I listened to pretty darn often. Um and even more particularly the first two. So the album has it lost a little luster with time. Yes. Can I recognize that the songs are repetitive musically and that, you know, I I just also me being me, I don't want to be I don't care about the religious overtones. Um, In fact, I I actively don't like the religious overtones, but the nostalgia still hits me pretty damn hard on this album. Yeah, the last two songs are boring, but up until then, yeah, I think this is a listenable album. Um, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I enjoyed it just fine. Do I am I gonna go back and re-listening to the whole thing? No. Will I be content having higher on like my you know hard rock you know and kind of guilty pleasure style playlists? Yeah, of course. Um, but you know it's not probably not worth revisiting the entire album. But you know it was still fun for me. I still dug it. All right. Well, that was our review of the album Human Clay by Creed. Join us next time for some turtle power as we break down the 1991 film TMNT 2 Secret of the Ooze, discuss the 2003 revive of the TMNT show, and cast our version of the 2020 graphic novel TMNT The Last Ronin. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey everybody, I'm Tim. And I'm Dean. And we're the hosts of Talking Back. We're a retro-based podcast covering movies, comics, video games, and more. Check us out every Monday where we hit the rewind button and dig into some of our favorite content from the past. 
We like to keep things fun, lighthearted, and informative. Do you feel like you need more nostalgia in your life? Then check out Talking Back. We're available everywhere podcasts are found.